0: Welcome to The Investor Download, the podcast about the themes driving markets and the economy now and in the future. I'm your host, David Brett. Hello. Welcome, everyone. It's been an interesting couple of years for renewable investors. In 2022, U.S. renewable energy growth slackened its pace, according to Deloitte, citing a host of issues from rising costs to supply chain disruption, trade policy uncertainty, and everything in between, with some predicting those problems might dog the sector for the next 18 months. However, demand is growing and investment is soaring. Clean energy investment significantly accelerated and expected to surpass $1.4 trillion in 2022. That's according to the World Economic Forum. So those interested in investing in renewables, that feels like a confusing picture slowing renewable energy growth versus rising demand and soaring investment. So what is actually the state of play? What are the challenges and the key investment themes over the next 18 months? With me today to discuss this is David Boyce, CEO of Schroeder's Greencoat North America. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I just want to start with, obviously, that Seems like a little bit of a confusing picture. You've got the slowing renewable energy uh, growth versus rising demand. How do those two marry up? What's the state of play at
1: the moment in the renewable energy market? Well, in the US, um, you know, I think with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act
0: President Biden has signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law.
1: President Biden interrupted his summer vacation to sign the massive climate, health, and tax bill at the White House this afternoon.
0: Today offers further proof that the soul of America is vibrant, the future of America is bright, and the promise of America is real and just beginning. This does. Uh, take a uh, makes big investments in combating climate change, uh, in transforming the sort of way we rely on energy uh, and investing in, in renewable technologies through tax credits and other means,
1: and continued demand uh, for for cost-effective power, which which really is what where renewables are in the states now. We're seeing an awful lot of activity, um, and I think that in 2023 and, and beyond, we're going to see. We're going to see that kind of continued march forward as we have more renewables build out. Now, that's all not to say, and to your point, uh, you know, are are there headwinds to that? Um, And I think there are. Um, And I think you've you've brought up a few uh, having to do with supply chain uh, management. There's been disruptions, slowdown. One of the busiest cargo gateways in the country, the Port of Los Angeles
0: is once again seeing bottlenecks that could disrupt the supply chain to businesses and consumers nationwide.
1: Uh, Some of the costs of, uh, of the raw materials like copper and steel have gone up, putting pressure on these projects.
0: Strong global demand for steel has caused prices to soar. Prashant, if you have to look at any sign or signal of demand
1: growth or uh, no recession coming in, then copper is your place to be. And we've seen uh, positive cues coming in for this one. Last week, it was trading 8% on the higher side. We've opened the
0: trade uh, in the positive right now as well. So the copper prices are trading at a three-week highs right now.
1: But, you know, I do think that uh, we're we're a little bit winding out of most of the problems Um, and a lot of those uh, unique to the pandemic. And I think, uh, but you know, that said, there there, there are a lot of demand for certain components, like transformers, where the lead time for for you know, uh, taking delivery of those after you order, um, you know, is quite long by historical standards. So, listen, I, I think certain issues are working through. I think the market will adjust. Is there any danger
0: that we might slip back towards more reliance on fossil fuels, or have we passed that moment?
1: Well, I think in the US, you're going to have I think fossil fuels uh, for the foreseeable future are at least going to be part of the picture. Um, what renewables are going to do, um, they're they're going to continue to kind of replace you know the energy component of uh, of our power supply. Um, it's, it's very cost-effective energy, um, and, uh, and we're seeing a tremendous amount of build-out. So that, that's going to continue to take an ever greater portion of, uh, of, the, of the supply stack. Um, but that's not to say that you, know, uh, you can readily see when we won't need fossil fuels as well in the US. How do you see the US market changing or growing in the future? Well, I think it's going to continue to, you know, to evolve. Wind and solar uh, pr- provide very cost-effective uh, uh, power to the grid, and uh, and we're seeing a tremendous amount of uh, momentum there. And I don't see that dissipating anytime soon. I, I think that the next uh, uh, matter to tackle is, you know, is providing uh, capacity or you know the ability to call on power when you need it in order to kind of balance uh, the variability of renewables. And, and, you know, that's that's kind of, I think, going to be the next wave that we're going to see in the U.S. And it's unclear, I, you know, storage plays a part of that. I think hydrogen could play a part in that. Um, possibly nuclear could play a part in that. So uh, it'll be, you know, that's really up for grabs. And um, there's a lot of people trying to solve that problem in a lot of different ways. That sounds like a, a lot of money might need investing in infrastructure. Well it, yeah I mean as you just, just I mean it's just a, a tremendously uh, capital intensive business. What we're seeing now from a lot of the renewables developers, particularly the larger ones where they have massive build programs year over year I mean it's just it's just devouring capital and they're really looking to recycle some of that capital you know back into their development business to keep keep the whole thing moving forward. Um, you know, I think it's providing opportunity um, opportunity for investors, um, you know, to to, you know, uh, uh, kind of invest more directly um, in in our renewable fleet and um, and, and kind of, you know, attached to what's going on, attached to a part of what's going on. I would say probably, you know, as you, as you look at the, the variety of investment opportunities, you know, I think. Uh, it, it uh, is probably more on the kind of, uh, I don't want to say lower risk, lower return, but I mean more on the core side of the investment spectrum.
0: On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, you're listening to the Investor Download. It sounds like quite a pretty major transformation in the way that energy will be both uh, used and sourced. I mean, who are the key players in that energy transformation?
1: Well, certainly it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the development market, right? They're they're trying to find ways and, and places to put um, new resources. I think it's it's the, the load-serving entities, which, you know, utilities, co-ops, municipals, um, it's it's really a transition for them, um, adding more renewables uh, to their fleet. Um, but then there's also just kind of the framework in which everybody is operating. And that, you know, includes um, uh, the transmission grid, the transmission grid operators, how fast the transmission grid builds out to accommodate um, the new power generation. You know, it's how... Uh, the industry can continue to work with uh, stakeholders like U.S. Fish and Wildlife, so that we're doing, uh, you know, all this developments getting done responsibly. Um, and then it's it does take some leadership, kind of at the federal level, um, you know, to 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 you know to allow for uh, more renewables to be built. And I think with the Inflation Reduction Act, I, you know, I think that's a, a massive signal um, generally to the industry and to the U.S. population. Uh, that there's support uh, from the federal government level for more renewables build out. Yeah, I was going to move on
0: to regulations, actually, obviously, you've, you've got the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a pretty, what well, from what I hear, is quite a big game changer for the industry. But how is that filtering down like to the state level and the local level? Is it, is it all working smoothly or are there lots of hurdles to overcome?
1: Yeah, the Inflation Reduction Act, I, You know, I, I, although it's getting a lot of press and it is important, it's an important signal. It's a long-term kind of subsidy. It really, at its core, uh, is just extending uh, the same federal support that we've had in the industry for the past 20 years. So, in in, in many ways, it's not uh, you know groundbreaking or massively different. But it, again, it does keep uh, the momentum going uh, for renewables. Now, at the you know at the state and the, and local level. Um, I think there are some different dynamics at play. Um, And I I think maybe you'd be surprised to hear it, but um, a lot of these renewables are going into red states, which are are more conservative states. Um, I mean, it's, it's fairly interesting that one of the states with the largest renewables build out is Texas. In a state known for its oil industry, there's a different source of energy that's kicked into high gear. Towering wind farms and solar fields stretching as far as the eye can see are popping up throughout Texas, now a hotbed for renewables. And I think probably even if you're not uh, in the U.S., you recognize Texas as being pretty vocally uh, anti-renewables uh, when in fact, um, you know, that there uh, there's times of the day where I, I believe... The entire state of Texas is running on renewables these days. And, but the reality is that renewables does have pretty broad-based support in the U.S. Um, a lot of the buildout is happening in those same red states, and that provides, you know, investment in the state, tax, property tax base. Uh, it provides jobs to those states. And uh, and so we're seeing it uh, kind of universally uh, being supported, uh, you know, for for economic reasons. Now, that's not to say that there aren't also uh, headwinds, particularly at the local level.
0: Some Texas senators unveiled plans today to shift the focus away from wind and solar and toward resources like natural gas, all part of nine bills Texas lawmakers announced opposition
1: groups. Uh, particularly those in areas uh, near urban areas or even um, areas in the midwest where you have very fertile farmland um, there's opposition and, and a lot of that opposition is is around you know the visual effects um, or even just the conversion of, of farmland into what some view is a fairly industrial use um, so you know, it's not all roses across the industry. There certainly are some headwinds, you know, at different levels of government.
0: And do you think any of that attitude or what's happening on the ground might change depending on who gets in the White House and which party controls the White House and Congress when the elections happen
1: next year? It's obviously always hard to say, but, um, you know, we can simply just point to when, you uh, When President Trump was elected, Um, and he was—he's fairly vocally anti-wind.
0: I never understood wind, yet I know windmills
1: very much. I've studied it better than anybody. I know it's very expensive. Kind of pro-fossil, in particular pro-coal. And I know this doesn't matter to you, but we are putting our great coal miners back to work. Um. And I think people in the renewables industry were really afraid that the US was going to move, um, uh, you know, do an about-face and and move away from renewables. And what actually happened uh, during his tenure there is uh, that uh, the build-out continued. In fact, I think we had some record years of renewables build-out while he was president. Um, we didn't see any retreat from any of the federal support. And in fact, I think um, uh, during his tenure, there might have been one or two extensions um, uh, of of some of the deadlines uh, for renewables uh, build out. And so, um, you know, we didn't see, obviously, any uh, huge legislative moves, you know, towards uh, renewables such as the Inflation Reduction Act. However, we we also didn't see kind of a retreat away. So what happens in the next administration um, the Inflation Reduction Act is there. Um, it's got a long life. Um, and uh, I think, w- depending on what uh, party gets in, you may some see some differences around the edges, uh, around you know supporting or really ignoring uh, the renewables industry. But I don't think it's going to have kind of a, a fundamental, uh, it's not going to fundamentally shift the industry Um, you know, propel it forward faster than it's going or, you know, do a 180 and just just tear down the industry. I I just don't see that.
0: How does this all compare to what's going on in Europe? We're always told that Europe are sort of the leaders in this uh, energy transformation. How do you see it from your side of things?
1: Well, it's absolutely true that in Europe, they were ahead of the US in terms of renewables build out
0: the new president of the european commission ursula von der leyen has vowed to put the climate at, to put climate rather at the heart of her presidency she's been presenting her a promised green deal in brussels the plan will commit the eu to achieving climate neutrality by The European Union says it wants to stop using Russian fossil fuels by 2027, and it's just unveiled a 210 billion euro plan to do exactly that.
1: A subsidy race is brewing between Europe and the United States over green investments. The European Commission has released a plan to make the EU a centre for clean technology. Uh, They've been leading the whole way through in terms of renewables penetration, um, I, you know, take offshore wind uh, as, as a case in point. Um, you've had offshore wind for, um, for many years uh, and, and a pretty substantial offshore uh, wind industry in Europe. And we probably really won't see any type of material build out in the U.S. Uh, off the East and West coasts until 2026, 20, 2027. Um, so, so there's no doubt about it. europe is is kind of more advanced and a bit ahead of where the u s. is on the overall. Um, it's interesting. I mean in the u in in Europe, you see more of a um, more of a drive to kind of a net zero concept. and it you know it propels renewables. Uh, it propels a lot of things that gets us to kind of a Uh, you know, a a zero carbon environment. And I think that there's a lot of uh, popular support to move in that direction and and to kind of push the boundaries. The U.S. politically, obviously, as we we talked about, you know, isn't in that mode. Um, I think there's certainly a contingent uh, of the U.S. that that feels uh, very similarly to Europe. Um, but there's also a fair amount of skepticism uh, that you see, and a, a lot of conservatism. And so we seem to be moving a little bit slower, um, moving a little bit uh, you know, letting letting some of the fundamentals uh, of of power generation take hold. And by that, I mean, if you look at renewables today it's it's very cost competitive with fossil, right? So, whether you believe in a green agenda uh, or a move to more carbon-free environment or not, the reality is you're putting renewables in today just because it simply makes economic sense. And so, um, you know, there's different motivations uh, depending on where, where you're at. And uh, I think the U.S. Is, is much more, has a wider spectrum of, of kind of thoughts about how we move forward with renewables and, and towards kind of a net zero environment
0: get in touch with us by email at Shorters Podcasts at com, or visit our website com forward slash the investor download. So there's obviously massive momentum behind this. I mean, a lot of investors will be wondering how renewable investments do drive investment returns. So from your perspective, how does that work? Because I think a lot of people still consider it almost an investment with their conscience, rather than thinking about your returns. So how do renewable investments drive returns?
1: Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's, I think that's absolutely the case, um, is that it's been painted that way. But I would say that, um, and, the, and to be honest with you, the reason I'm with uh, Schroeder's Green Co. right now, and the, and the reason I'm in this business, is because I, I really think over the past few years, um, we've made the renewables market has changed and and changed in this regard. Um, And I touched on it already, which is if you look at the effective cost of power coming from solar and wind over the past decade, um, you know, those are more uh, cost effective sources of power than they ever have been before. And in fact, uh, power produced from those sources today, readily competes with the variable costs of fossil fuels. And that kind of fundamental truth, if you will, um, is really driving a lot of what's happening in this industry in the States. And that has nothing to do with with, with, greening up the world at all. Um, You're not uh, subsidizing um, or, or paying a higher power price, uh, just to have green on your system, it kind of naturally fits, and and that's that's really why there's all this activity and, and the, the people who serve load, it's an absolute no brainer to to add more of this to their system because, you know, it provides cheap power to their, um, you know, to their ratepayers. So, you know, it's it's just right now it's part of our generation mix. It's not novel. It's not kind of a, a nice to have. Um, it's 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 nothing of the sort. It's you know if you're interested in investing in the power supply, uh, generally in the U.S., um, you know you might buy a natural gas plant, uh, but you might as you might also just buy um, you know a wind or solar plant. It's it's just naturally kind of part of our generation mix right now, and that fundamental. Um, I think is really exciting. Um, I've been in US Power Gen for the better part of 30 years. And, you know, that wasn't always the case. And and the reason renewables somewhat has the reputation it does as, you know, I I have to have an, an extra motive to make that investment. Um, you know, because it doesn't kind of naturally fit. I think we've really turned a corner. I mean, it's really time to kind of reassess that viewpoint. Uh, because, you know, now the fundamentals are there. And I think it's a wonderful place to invest um, just in the U.S. You know, power generation supply. Um, and then it, it just got on top of it. It's just got all of the, you know, the, the kind of the, the bonuses in terms of uh, being environmentally friendly, taking carbon out of the atmosphere. I mean, those are almost uh, cherries on, on top of the Sunday at this point.
0: David Boyce, uh, CEO for Schroeder's Greencoat North America. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been fabulous. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks for Bye. having me.
0: Well, that was the show. We very much hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more, check out our website, schroeder's.com forward slash the investor download. You can also get in contact with us about anything in the show or ideas for future shows at Podcast at schroders.com. Please remember to subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review. We're now doing one show a week, which will be available every Thursday from 5pm UK time. Thanks very much for listening. But above all, keep safe and go well. Cheers the value of investments and the income from them may go down as well as up and investors may not get back the amounts originally invested past performance is not a guide to future performance the information is not an offer solicitation or recommendation of any funds services or products or to adopt any investment strategy